Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, a magical marauding mope around Norwich City's manor. It's time to catch a dose of cup fever. Looking ahead to this Saturday's FA Cup quarterfinal against Man United, I spoke with Ewan from Red Voices to see how frightened of getting knocked out by us lot they are. It's not very. Ewan, what would you say is the general out? of the the Man United fans of Project Restart? Were were you all absolutely desperate to to hurry up so we can give Liverpool the title as soon as possible? (laughs) Um, I mean, I can imagine only one one club in the entire country was desperate to give Liverpool the title and that would be Liverpool themselves. Um, I I, I think whilst there was obviously the the comedy element when it came to getting football started again of uh, you know Liverpool potentially not winning the league from our perspective I, I think United fans were mostly just really keen to try and get back to playing games to see how we could end up this season because we were at the time lockdown started we were in a really good moment you know we were scoring goals we were winning games we weren't conceding you know three things that we hadn't been doing well for several years previously so yeah I, I think it was it, it was nice to get back to football. And I think we're all looking forward to it just purely because obviously with uh, Marcus Rashford and Paul Pogba back, United felt like we had options. You know, I think there were, there were plenty of things to be excited about. And I think, you know, getting back to football to see what this team could accomplish between now and the end of the season was, you know, it was a lot of us were really looking forward to it. So we, we're recording this um, before the midweek games. Um, mm. So uh, by the time you're hearing our dulcet tones, everybody, um, we will know whether or not uh, Man United have continued an unbeaten start and whether or not Norwich have arrested a dreadful start or rather restart. Um, I love how you say unbeaten start, Tom, like we haven't just played one game and drawn it. Yeah, that's an unbeaten start. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being kind. I mean, uh, I mean j- just, just quickly touching back on that, was the, um, the, the way that the, the, the table set up at the moment you uh, again there, there is a game to come by the time this is going up but um sitting fifth what what constitutes a, a league finish given the context of the way the season started and well continued kind of in the middle um what, what would you say would would constitute a, a happy league finish for, for you guys this season oh i mean if fifth is enough to get a champions league place i think every united fan will bite your hand off for that you know yeah for the first, you know, from the beginning of the season leading up until Christmas and even through a good chunk of January, United were just so horrifically inconsistent you know, that they would pick themselves up incredibly for the big games where they would take a lesser role and be incredibly compact, very well drilled and lethal in front of goal. But when it came to breaking teams down, they would more often than not pretty useless. And you look at where we are now, you know, 46 points. Currently, we sit 37, if my math is correct, behind Liverpool which is, <laughs> that's nigh on 50% of our points total for this year so far within 30 games. You know, it, it's mad. If we were able to get Champions League qualification out of this Premier League season, considering how bad we've been for a good chunk of it, that would be remarkable. And I think we would all be very, very grateful to have it. Well, presumably you'd also be grateful for a, for a semi-final berth. Just looking back, it was the 2015-16 season since you, you last lifted the um, last lifted the FA Cup. Mm. Um, so, so uh, effectively, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that Champions League plus uh, Champions League qualification plus a trophy would 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 really really put Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in everyone's good books come the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Solskjaer's got a grace period of at least another year or so slash eighteen months with the club sport at the moment. Anyway, you know that 
Edward Wood and the board have fully invested in Solskjaer as not only a manager, but the concept of him bringing in a lot of youth players, buying younger, buying smarter and buying better. And, you know, it's not necessarily reached dividends so far, but you can see there is a plan there. And United have so frequently lacked a coherent strategy over the last several years. So, you know, I, I think Solskjaer, regardless, whatever happens between the end of the season, his job is safe for the time being and for a good while into the future. But if he was able to get a Champions League finish and a trophy on top of that, I think that would help turn around a lot of sceptical United fans who do need convincing about his managerial chops. There's a lot of questions still to answer. Well, given how competitive it is um, and the fact that they're, they, you know, uh, seeing what happens on, on Saturday, there would still be you know, at least another couple of games that, that would need to win for that to happen. Um, and given the, the thick and fast nature of this condensed period of games, what kind of team might we see at Carrow Road on, on Saturday? Are, are we likely to see kind of chops and changes and, and squad rotation? You, you, know, you mentioned uh, Pogba uh, already and, and Rashford. Do you think that, we, that, that, one of, that one or both of those might be on the bench, given that actually it's really tight and you really do want to try and make sure you're finishing in that top, that top five to get a Champions League position? I mean, I think Solskjaer, to be honest, will be loath considering the how close United have come to actually doing well in cup competitions over the last several years. I think he'd be loath to just try and write it off. But then again, I don't know if he's going to go hell for leather for it because, as we saw um, on Friday night, he decided not to start Mason Greenwood and Paul Pogba, both of whom you would have imagined at the minute are forming part of our, our strongest starting eleven. And it bit him in the backside a little bit. You know, a draw at uh, Tottenham Hospital Stadium isn't a terrible result by any means, but it does leave us very little in, the, in, in terms of margin for error. So then when we look at coming into that game on Saturday, three days after we're playing Sheffield United, I wouldn't be surprised if Solskjaer doesn't go up for his strongest starting eleven lineup. So Pogba might not start, Rashford might not start. You know, there will be some chops and changes because I just think that Solskjaer has got to be careful not to run these players into the ground because considering as well, we're going to be playing Burnley three days after we come to Carroll Road. As you mentioned, it's an incredibly condensed fixture list at the moment. The table's in such flux and United have really got to be careful about not burning players like Rashford and Pogba who have just come back from long-term injuries out. And not only that, they've got to be, every team has got to be careful. You know, Norwich are the same. You know, we've all got to be careful of not burning out the players that we have just to try and get through this period of games. So it will... Teams will be in flux. The league table will be in flux for at least the next month. I, th- I think that the the real concern, uh, if I were a, a Man United fan looking over my shoulder, uh, I mean, huge respect to Wolves and Sheffield United for the the seasons that they've had, um, especially Wolves following up a positive one with another one. Um, mm. But but to- if you look at Tottenham's fixtures, uh, it was it four points at the moment. The gap between themselves and you. Four, four or five points and um, West Ham uh, a massive one against Sheffield United um, then Everton Newcastle uh, Crystal Palace there's some winnable games they've got there um, and and so I think they that you may well see them piling up some points um, which would mean like I say maybe that there might be a change changing of, of, of the team but it was a very strong Tottenham team that Norwich knocked out of the in the last round um, and that was incredibly enjoyable it was a good game, way. wasn't it? It was, it was one of the, it was one of those cup ties where you where you genuinely thought if only if only it was regularly this competitive, then then this competition would maybe have a bit of a stronger place in in people's hearts than maybe well compared to what it used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously we ended up on on the right side of of, of the final kind of shootout, but um, I mean it was a hell of a cup tie from, from the start, really, and with ebbs and flows and really good football being played. So, you know. Mm-hmm. We, 
um, this time uh, this time last week, we we were we were very confident of uh, giving a very very good um, account of ourselves. We are due to turn up that the two games against yourselves this season so far pretty much unanimously are the, the, the two worst performances of the season um, that Norwich, Norwich have put in. Um, no, I mean, you know, we, we were put away uh, very aptly, especially at Carrera. You know, Rashford particularly that day was, was, was clinical. Mm. But, but both times we just failed to do the things that had, you know, that, that beat, beating City, um, you know, beating, beating Tottenham, albeit after extra time, and very nearly beating Tottenham at Carrera Road shortly before that as well. You know, it's, we, we put in so many good performances this season and it just seems against, against Manchester United both times, none of that was in evidence. We didn't keep the ball well. You know, we were really, really sloppy in terms of tracking players in, in the, and had loads of defensive overlaps uh, in the wing-back areas, which unfortunately was, was there again against Southampton on Friday. So it does feel like surely, surely we're due to put in a decent performance against that team given our third opportunity. Um, I mean, is it is it one that, is it a case where Man United are already looking at, um, you know, Leicester, Chelsea, City, the other the other teams that are in the the quarterfinals, um, and and kind of looking past Norwich? I mean, obviously the team will be too professional to do that, but do you think it's, it's probably fair that a lot of the fans might be looking past the bottom place club? I mean, no, no offense intended, but I, I would wouldn't be surprised if that's the sentiment in a lot of United fans at the moment. I think, from my perspective. I've watched, you know, almost every game of the post-Sir Alex Ferguson era. And one of the <laughs> life lessons that I've learned over that period is to never trust United as far as I can throw them. You know, they will frequently lose games you do not expect them to lose. And they will win games where you don't think they've got a chance in hell. So if you were ever going to have a turnaround performance against us in the three games that we've played this season, it wouldn't shock me if this is the one. You know, I think... You know, you should take a lot of heart from that game against Spurs a couple of months ago because that is exactly the sort of performance that I love to see when I'm watching Norwich. You know, I've thoroughly enjoyed watching this team because they have stuck to an ideal of how to play football for the entire season long. And it might, you know, people might look at it and say it's been very brave. And yes, it has been, but it's also been very engaging and enjoyable and entertaining to watch. Yeah, this is the thing that was that was so disappointing for us on the uh, f- from from our return um, on on Friday night, which we've covered at length at a, a particularly unpleasant uh, podcast we, we've done earlier today. We, we, you know, which is a couple of days ago by the time this is being shared. Um, but but what we are what we were hoping for was we we expected relegation from basically November November early December time it was already looking like we just weren't gonna weren't gonna have enough but we but we thoroughly enjoyed the fact that we've taken you know we've taken the game to to teams and we, we haven't been strong enough defensively to to keep it to keep it shut which means because we don't take enough of our chances of which we create plenty statistically we, we create plenty of chances mm-hmm. um the, 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 then it's been a really really enjoyable ride this time around and and as as you know we're the joint most uh, promoted and relegated team from the premier league so we're used <laughs> to this we come up we have fun we go down again this is this is this is that is the you know we are uh, we are in the top 26 clubs in the land that, that that's r- roughly where we are we're ra- we're between 16th and 26th best team in, in the country. That That's what we've been for the last 10 years. Um, and it's better value, you could argue, than a Stoke who spent most of the time in one league and finally went down. Or, you know, th- th- those other teams that have been perennially 12th to, to 15th, um, I would dare say probably 
return on investment we've we've probably got we've done pretty well for our season ticket money um, i mean what do you want to do when you're promoted you know most clubs would perhaps prioritize safety overall else and play an incredibly sort of stoic football you know it wouldn't necessarily be very exciting it wouldn't necessarily be very interesting it'd be very pragmatic you know and whatever happens between the end of the season and i know there's a six-point gap between you and west ham at the minute in 17th but i wouldn't say it's all cut and dried you know the the crammed nature of the fixture list over the next sort of six weeks, I think, could potentially play in your favour. You know, there's still plenty of points to be won, and there's nothing saying that obviously there's a bit more daylight than you'd like between uh, you know, your position and safety at the minute. But I still don't think it's finished. No, well, I, I, so there is that is definitely there's definitely true in that that that's you only need a three a three game swing, which at the moment is easily in a space of a week. So in eight days, you could you could suddenly be out of the bottom three. Um, and the, the the thing that is in the favour of all three of the the clubs in the bottom three at the moment is the three above it. The fact that they are you know so so close. So um, that there are it isn't like it has been in previous seasons. In the last few games, everyone's chasing down that one final kind of safety spot. That there's there's genuinely five, and then if you if you make the argument for Norwich as well, six teams that could change positions regularly for the next um for the next three or four weeks um and uh, you know the form and some of the awful stuff that that west ham and brighton were playing before the um you know before the break means brighton you know not won a game all all year isn't it you know since since the start of the year so um you know that they're a they're a poor team and uh we're hoping that that a couple of a couple more dodgy results and that they might get dragged back into it um but as focusing on the game on on saturday what what i'm what i'm really hoping to see is that um is the approach that we took against tottenham the approach that we took against man city this season um of just going do you know what it's one game it's 90 minutes let's just play let's play the way that we came up you know we stormed the league last year we we played fantastic we've easily played although we've had one of the least successful points tallies we've ever had in the premier league we've easily played the best football we've ever played in the premier league um under this this coaching team you know we've played some really really nice stuff um and you just think we'll just do that and if we're going to lose two three nil but play really really well it genuinely has been and the rest of the reason that the manager hasn't despite being bottom lots of the season that's the reason the manager hasn't lost the fans to to so far because effectively we've gone it's not because we get pats on the head for being you know as we've been told routine times oh it's the best it's the best looking um team to be bottom of the league well we'd rather have the points in a way but but actually because we've been here so many times because this is like our fifth or sixth pop at being a yo-yo team actually to actually do it and have an identity rather than just be a another team just desperately trying to stay up that's actually really nice so that that's what even though we're talking cup instead of league that is what i'd like to see at car road on saturday i'd like to see us really take the game and give give solskjaer a problem in in the oh actually these guys are even more expansive than we thought they were going to be and they're moving the ball really really quickly and yes we're trying to press them but actually we're not going to be able to press them we're going to have to drop back because they are cutting through us and the only way that's going to happen for norwich you know that the, the path for, for a potential victory for norwich is is taking it taking an early chance you know you, we, we do tend to start games very quickly we do t- tend to create one, two chances very early on, and we, we've not we've not been taking them. And, and the games where we have, like Newcastle three 0 at home, or, or did they pull one back? Maybe three one. Um, you know, that that has been that has been then set the tone for the game, and we've been on top, and we can play you know more comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
but th- that's what needs to happen for us on on Saturday. We need to take a, we need to take one of those early chances and actually just enter that little bit of doubt into the Man United players' minds that similar to what you just said, they might start to think, oh, hang on, is this one of these days where, where we don't turn up? Is this one of these days where, where actually the result goes against us? Yeah, I mean, I think you touched on a very interesting aspect from a United perspective in the sense that if you start the game strongly and give us something to think about, how do United react? You know, we've had plenty of games where we have started very slowly and it takes a while for us to get into our stride. You know, the, one of the big examples of that this season would be Sheffield United away at Bramall Lane. You know, it, it took us 70 minutes or so to get going. Once we got going, we were great, but we were still so flaky at the back and then seeded the initiative. So, you know... It, Whilst I think looking at Solskjaer's career at United so far, he's done some really good things. There are still question marks of his ability to deal with games like this and deal with a wide variety of teams as opposed to just getting us all hit up and prepared for the quote-unquote big fixtures. And I think it'll be a big test for him. You know, United have got more games than most clubs at the moment in the league, obviously because we're still in Europe. You know, we've got the Europa League games to come at least two more games to come in August time. So he's going to have to be really careful with how he deals with the squad, but still send them out with the same mentality as if he was picking his top side. And I think he will be particularly keen of the need for United to at least get into the habit of winning these sort of games. And not only that, getting us to compete for trophies again, because that's been one of the features of life at United over the last sort of seven years. And it might sound a little bit sort of spoiled, but the reality is that United haven't necessarily competed for trophies, and that's what we're used to doing if that's what Solskjaer wants to build and that's what we as a club are aspiring to these days, then it's these sort of games in the FA Cup competitions or the League Cup competitions that United really should be winning. You know, once we start doing that again, then who knows? So you made an interesting point on managing the squad. Um, instead of giving us someone to watch, because you know, you're Man United, so we know most of your players, but um, as a United fan, give us someone who, or maybe one or two players who... If maybe the squad is rotated slightly um, on on Saturday, um, where's a ray of hope for Norwich? Who who's a player who put, makes you slightly uneasy whenever he's on the ball too close to your own own penalty area? Are, are there any kind of you know whipping boy might be strong, but are there, are there any players? <laughs> are there any players who who United fans seem to still need a lot of convincing on? Um, I don't think a lot of United fans are fully convinced with maybe two or three elements of our back four. You know, the, the, the quite-unquote strongest back four that Solskjaer seems to go for is Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire, Victor Lindelof and Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Now, Wan-Bissaka has nailed down the right-back slot and he's been great this season. He's actually been developing his attacking chops. Harry Maguire's turned into, you know, the leader that we've seen in B for Leicester and also in the England side, but he still has problems. And Victor Lindelof still hasn't really found his feet this season, which is not great considering that we're almost towards the end of it. Um, I would say the centre-back partnership, I mean, you saw it exposed in the game against Spurs. Bergeron just went straight past Aaron Maguire as if he wasn't even there. It is not fast. If you play with Maguire and Lindelof and you can move the ball quickly enough, you can give them some real problems. Well, that was that was the hope again going into the games in the season. Um, Puki is, I mean, it's the only piece of build-up that that the pundits ever seem to do leading up to an Norwich game. You know, Puki plays on 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 off the shoulder. He is that that normal um, European style uh, lone number nine, whereby it isn't about holding the ball up; it's about running in behind and, and making the run as the midfielder receives the ball. Um, he, he's exceptional at that. Yet against Man United, both times. 
a, a team that we felt that we could get out of pace, obviously maybe not down the wings, but but certainly through the middle, we, we didn't seem to be able to do that correctly. Um, and and that's a, that's a there's a directness to um, the speed with which we moved the ball um, that has worked really well in the Premier League when we've turned it on. And, and it's an absolute mystery to me. Uh, you know, I, I haven't done my coaching badges. I, I haven't got my A license or anything. Um, but I don't understand how those that have, that are in control of the club, are unable to replicate those passages of play more regularly um, when it has opened up you know, teams like Man City, um, you know, Newcastle, um, Everton, really good away performance at Leicester, we beat at home recently. You know, they're, they're, these are no mugs with, with decent tacticians in charge of them. And if we're able to open them up with quick, direct passing that is still beautiful and easy on the eye, but actually we've gone from back to front pretty quickly and Pookie's in on goal or, or Campwell is in, in round the back. Why are you not able to study that and 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 uh, and kind of force that pattern of play into a game again? I, I think that's the real that's the real frustration for us. We feel like it was always a long shot to spend basically nothing and try and stay in the league. Um, but uh, there's a bold strategy that Tom. Yeah, you no, know, it, it's, it's the only strategy we have available. You know, self-funded club. We we, just, we mm, simply yeah. we simply don't have coffers to, to 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 dip into. We have to be sustainable. Um, and and so it was a bold bold attempt to try and do that. But I think most Norwich fans who have who have really paid attention to some of the nicer elements of our play, there is clear potential in a few of our players. You know, Pookie. Pookie will score goals if you give him chances. Emmy, you know, created whatever his second, third most chances in the league. Um, Campbell's a really, really handy um, attacking midfielder who's been linked with some of the big boys um, this summer. We've got players like Godfrey who's got a massive potential price tag on him as a homegrown centre-back who can play football really nicely. And basically he needs a he needs a senior head next to him to talk him through a game every now and again because he is still learning. I feel like we've maybe not achieved the potential of of the sum of our parts. If you see what I mean, um, no, no, and, I agree. and and, and that, that that's the kind of frustration. To show it in flashes means that you can do it. It's, it's happened way too regularly to be a fluke, but nowhere near enough for it to have been by design. If that makes sense. No, absolutely, yeah. And I think you know, you're talking about what's the difference. Why can't the team do this week in, week out? I think with coaching it's the small little intricacies that can make such a huge difference you know some coaches are incredible about preparing their teammates or their their, their players for changes that happen on the pitch and making sure they're incredibly reactive you know if you look at the way that uh, Norwich United game back at Carrow Road went I mean to memory it was incredibly tight until we got that first goal and then things opened up yeah and it was just about being able to cope with those subsequent moments and know what to do you know you, Think back to the second goal, which is Dan James crossing it, going across the pitch to Rashford, who just was able to steam through on goal. You were pushed up so high by that point, and United are incredibly good at moving the ball very, very quickly and countering like that. And if there are opportunities there, that is United's bread and butter, essentially. So it's just about being able to cope with the flow of the game and react to those moments when things perhaps don't go your way that really can make the huge difference at this level. I mean that that also was a was an issue against Southampton. You know that that they are set up to be a counter-attacking team. I mean mm. far, far more so than Man United. You know they, they they almost don't want the ball um, like an old school Mourinho team. Um, and and oh. they and and they they really want to have um, they really want to be kind of running through with Redmond and Ings uh, running at you. And uh, yeah, I, the 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 home game against Man United 
the it was Aaron's who was out of position that allowed James to play that ball through. Um, and then and then yeah, Rashford on um, well almost anyone in the league <laughs> isn't a fair fight because um, you don't tend to have very, very whippy, uh, nippy um, centre-back to, uh, at any level. Um, you know, so you haven't got to be that fast as a centre-back to be thought of as a fast centre-back <laughs> because you know, That's very true, yeah. contextually you don't tend to be up against too much. Um, but okay, so let, let's wrap up with a prediction then. Um, we, uh, we really hope that it's a, a, a fantastic FA Cup game. Obviously, we'll all be watching at home. We can't be there. Um, let's have a prediction on a score and potential scorers from you. Ooh, I'm going to say 2-1 to United, but I think it'll go for extra time. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if uh, Odin Gala gets on the score sheet and perhaps Mason Greenwood as well. I mean, Mason was, even though he came on for about half an hour against Spurs, but the lad's immaculate, you know, I've, I think any English person should be incredibly excited about where this kid can go. We've been watching it at close quarters. He's magic. Yeah, well, well, yeah, and, and obviously not not a big fan, I'm sure. But you know, Foden um, show, showing again earlier in the week what 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 potential talent that England's got com- coming up through the ranks. Um, but yeah, he, he certainly uh, Mason certainly does look like a, a fantastic prospect. Um, mm. I will I will uh, also go for a defeat for Norwich, but uh, <laughs> like but likewise likewise I I do. I do think that actually this is the sort of game that that Farker has shown in the past. Um, he has been able to to get get us up for. Um, mm. It was such a shock when the, the big the big build up to the project restart first game to to, to not turn up like that. That's actually a very unnorwich thing under this this set setup. You know, we we don't turn up for some very ordinary mediocre games, but generally for the really really big crucial things. Well, as you can see from the fact that we won the league last year and all the rest of it, you know that that has been going well. And, and this season in the big games, we've really performed against the big teams. It's you know, ironically it was the Man United. So I I do think we're due a good performance against Man United. I do think we'll we'll push it close. I think both coaches will be disappointed if it goes to extra time. What with the squad management issues we talked about, <laughs> yeah, um, but. But yeah, I, I I will go I will go three one um, in normal time with maybe uh, with maybe a kind of uh, 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 we really need Emmy to get a goal. So Emmy Emmy nicks a goal. Man United draw level. Man United go two two one up, and it's very tense. But you nick a third on the break when we're pushing for that equaliser towards the end of the game. Here's one: uh, if you do get past us, who would you want to play in the semi-finals? Uh, well, Leicester, because we just beat them. So, oh, that's true. Yeah, so so uh, we played we played some really good stuff against Chelsea. The the home game it was quite early in the season. The home game against Chelsea yeah, was um, it was two two for a long period. It, I think it was four first half goals, or certainly we, we exchanged goals early doors, and it was end to end. It was a fantastic game of football. What one of the most entertaining home games for a long time. And I think we ended up you know with three two loss, but that was a really good game. And naturally, we we've beaten Man City. Uh, so we'll have them at home. Um, so we, 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 Take them all on, why not? Yeah, the, to be honest, the, the worst team in there for us would be Sheffield United. In fact, we pushed Arsenal close. We took Arsenal to extra time at the Emirates the other year in the Cup as well um, mm. with, with, most of, with, with some of this team. No, so probably Sheffield United. We, we've really struggled against them. <laughs> so uh, I think anyone but them, we, we would be, we'd be happy to, 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 to head towards an empty Wembley to, to get in the final. Yeah, I mean, they were wretched against Newcastle at the weekends. You know, I've watched that with uh, incredible enjoyment, not just obviously because of the repercussions of the race for Champions League spots, but just because it was incredible to watch Joel Linton of all people get a goal. <laughs> it was really incredible to see them just, you know, crumble. I mean, obviously the red card had a huge play in that, but that was completely self-inflicted. And not only that, 
they were playing one of the worst teams in the league in the shape of Aston Villa on the opening night. And I realised, obviously, first game coming back, project restart. It's a lot of pressure. There's a lot going on. It's three months off. It's incredibly emotive, incredibly difficult to get yourself in the right psychological headspace to be able to play that game. Having said that, they were still really bad. (laughs) And, you know, they were unlucky with the goal not given. But at the same time, they didn't create anything else on top of that to really warrant getting the three points. Yeah, I I understand that it's it's natural when a team comes up and has the kind of performance that they've had that they are going to get get loads and loads of compliments and the overlapping centre backs that we've heard a million times. I, I've I've never seen them play well. I, I've I've never seen them do anything other than just be a bit of a bully and play quite direct and swing the ball in from the from from across and do long throws and and it's effective. But I. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen all of, all of their games. Um, you know, naturally, you don't tend to watch as much of match of the day when you're bottom of the league as you do when you're, in, <laughs> when you're mid-table. Um, but but I, I, I cannot see what the fuss about. And, the other, you know, the other lads on the podcast are, are more gracious and to, to Wilder than I am. But I, I can't personally see where the plaudits was. Wolves, completely different. Wolves play some fantastic stuff, got some fantastic oh, yeah. players. You know, genuinely enjoyable to watch their games. You know, the few games of Sheffield United I've seen this season, I just think, well, you just look the same as you did last year. And for some reason, it's working for you in, in the Premier League. Um, and, you know, good for them. What hell of a ride they're having. But I, I can't help but think they will come crashing back to the mean next season. Uh, it'll be, <clears throat> it's all down to the investment, I guess, that they, that they make in the summer. True, yeah. I mean, I think with Sheffield United, what I think Wilder's been incredibly good at is getting everyone on the same team sheet and, you know, seeing it from the same team sheet, sorry. You know, they are incredibly committed. And yes, there's a certain base level to how intricate their football is, but it's not easy to come into the Premier League and do what they've done. You know, they, you need to have incredible levels of commitment from everyone involved. You need to have a plan. You need to be able to you know, rough people up a little bit. And that is what Sheffield United have done really well this season. Is it going to be, yeah, you're right. It's nowhere near as pleasing on the eye as uh, what's going on at Wolverhampton Wanderers, but it's effective. And you know, you do need to tip your hat to it to a certain extent. You don't love it. We'll kind of round things up. Um, I appreciate your time, Ewan. It's been great chatting through the game. I hope it's a really, really enjoyable game. And I hope we're both wrong. And it's Norwich that march on to an empty semi-final. I mean, I don't hope I'm wrong, but still looking forward to it. All the best to you for the rest of the season, mate. I do hope you guys stay up. Cheers, Ian.